everybody and welcome to my second episode of my podcast with Gardener with Nikki. Tonight we have one half of the Bearded Growers. We have JJ and Mrs JJ who are going to be on and they're going to be speaking about their gardening journey and about mental health and how they have their mental health has been improved by taking part in gardening. So tune in and give it a listen and I hope you like it. on to talk tonight um so um we'll begin with just kind of use introducing yourself and telling us who you are and uh, where you're from okay, no problem. I'll let you start. <laughs> i am uh, i'm john i'm well jj part of our bearded growers radio um and i'm an amateur gardener and, and we do the, the radio show on a monday night which you very kindly came and was a guest on the, on the show um and to be honest, mental health and gardening is, is the two things that sort of kept me going um, the last couple of years. The gardening, um, helping with the mental health, so we're right behind this. Um, we're actually based in Worcester, in England. Oh, fantastic. So what got you into um, gardening and the allotment? Did, and Or how did you get your allotment? Um, well, my, to be honest, my, uh, my father's always been an allotment here. He's, he's always had one, as long as I can remember. Um, and we've always sort of dabbled with the garden. It started with our own garden, didn't it? When we bought our house, we had a complete jungle. Um, a bigger jungle than we first yeah. thought. First, um, <laughs> when we first looked at it, we went, oh, there's a project. Yeah, and the project's like, oh, <laughs> bigger than we first expected. Yeah, so yeah, we started, so you started on that. And then started growing a few things. He's always tried, you know, over the years to grow little bits and bobs, but never actually done a full allotment, so to speak, or a full, a full grow for a harvest. But last year we actually tried to turn our garden which northeast facing, so it only gets about four hours of sunlight. And very bricky, lots of bricks and rocks, and you know, your carrots are basically (laughs) growing in spirals. It was just a bit of a nightmare. Three 
spots and I was number 25 on the waiting list, so I was never going to get on there. And thankfully, someone who I've known for nearly 20 years saw that I put my name down for a plot and said he'd got one. Um, we're four miles away, yeah. something like that. You know, it's not too much of a drive. There's only two people on the waiting list, and there's three plots available. And they want four plots, and this is a half. So I'm not right. Gone into the council, I need to switch plot lists, please. And then, unfortunately, due to COVID, they wouldn't allocate allotments because they didn't want the site reps to meet the new tenants. But the site reps could meet the old tenants. It, it all kind of baffled me and it was a bit above my pay grade for politics. But um, eventually we got the plot, didn't we? Late April we got the plot. So we literally, we were, a bit, we were late to the party this year. So we just took it as a complete um, trial year this year. So well, every time you dug a small bit, and you know, two by two meter little space, because it was really overgrown and there were so many sort of weeds and bramble roots the size of your, your head. Um, but every time you've sort of you've dug a small sort of portion, we've planted it straight away because we didn't want to sort of try and dig it all over and then think right now we need to start and sort of six weeks down the line. Yeah, it is. It's quite overwhelming when you first get a plot. I mean, I don't have a big plot myself, but um, I do look after the nursery plot. And but I had a small plot uh, at the allotment where the nursery, where I work, um, was. And I remember, like you're saying, that when I took it on, I thought I don't, I don't know what to do with it. But I knew I wanted to grow food, so it was like try and think. Well, what what can I grow? And what it was just trial. But I think. You know, for me, lockdown helped me learn because I work in the nursery full time. So, and it's term time, like when the schools are open, I'm working. So I do have the summer off and stuff and I have quite a lot of holidays. But so I never had that time to say like, oh, I'll go and try and grow these things and look after them and go out every day in the greenhouse. Whereas I had to work for home home because I'm asthmatic. So um, it gave me that time to go out and even just being the fact that I couldn't go out and I couldn't see my family even having the greenhouse and going to the allotment it gave me like I felt as if my shoulders were lifted going to the allotment and coming back as if like you know I needed to get out that first part of lockdown so when it was in May 20 March 2020 and it got got locked down unfortunately I was working from home because you were isolated. I was isolated because you were a potential had a cough. And then as soon as that two week self isolation had ended, I was working from home, I had a phone call to say, You're on furlough. And then I had four months at home. And if I hadn't have had the guard, if I'm honest, I think I'd have gone a little bit worse than I ended up. Mm-hmm. And having that and then having it we had a really, really good weather period from sort of March all the way through to June. The weather was gorgeous. I was coming back in with sunburn. I mean, I don't take much to burn that, but I was coming in with sunburn on my hands and on my arms every single day. But I was, I had something to do. Struggled to get all the bits and bobs, materials and wood and whatnot, but we worked around it. We sorted the garden. And every day I was coming back in and it was that moment when I was coming back in the house that I was the saddest because I was coming away from work. Really been enjoying, and it cemented it to me that you know I think I'm one of these people that 
that likes to do gardening and it makes me feel happy <laughs> and that's what that's when i realized that that eureka moment um and once we've got the plot it gives me double the, double the work to do so there's always something going on mm-hmm. and it's very rare that we have a, a night where we sit down we and say do this quite a lot don't we? yeah yeah we, we go through stages where we just cannot remember the last time we just sat in nothing it's been quite nice tonight doing this because we've We've had to stay here for a because if I'd gone over the allotments, I'd have been late. <laughs> I always am. Um, and then the show came about, literally, from a conversation with, with Chris, uh, with Bish, my co-presenter. Um, he used to do a radio, show, a radio show on NCCR called Oddballs, which was a sporting show. Um, and me and him had sort of bounced a few ideas off each other. I went to school with Chris, so I've known Chris since I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, live very different lives he used to live down in Kent he's lived abroad he's now in the Cotswolds but we've always sort of kept in touch but we were bouncing ideas back and forth with each other because I think we've both got an interest in, in putting something out there we're not, we're not shy we're, we're, you know, we're, we're quite forward in our mannerisms and in our personalities so this sort of thing it, it kind of fits both of us we've both got these so we thought right, we can do something to do with the beard and to be honest it was going to be podcast to start with and it was going to be us interviewing ordinary people it was just going to be finding out people's stories and then it, it evolved from there saying oh you know is there really a niche there for that and then i've got we've got a pub shed as well haven't we? and there's a, a radio station dedicated solely pub sheds pub shed radio so again it got the cogs whirring and like well I've never seen an allotment radio before. Because he's got an allotment too. Because Chris is an allotment. Uh, allotment. Uh, so uh, right, uh, let's do an allotment radio. And then we got the slot and that was it. <laughs> It is. It's it's something. It's something different. It's something that you've never. I've never really seen. And I think it's good that um, even on Instagram, like when I was chatting to gardeners and stuff like who are messaging me about like what I've been trying to do and raise awareness of mental health. You know it's just so good I feel as if like Instagram is like somewhere that brings you together and it's as if you know everybody's dead supportive there's no like I know social media can have like trolls and stuff but I feel like it's quite a positive place for like gardening I sense gardening anyway gardening and the allotment yeah, I, sector of it is so friendly I came up with this realisation again to do with my mental health unfortunately because when I was furloughed and when we were all locked down and we were all miserable I was going on Facebook and I was reading lots of people's posts on Facebook and comments and, and there's a lot more negativity on Facebook and I made the decision to just switch it off to be honest for a short period of time and I've left all of the pages that had the negativity you know your anti-vaxxers and this all you know Covid doesn't exist and people just be, generally being horrible to each other I left all of that I'm not interested you know, that negativity I do not need in my in my life. But Instagram I do find is an absolutely wonderful place, a happy place. I've never seen anybody stop bashing anybody on Instagram, it's great. And never so you can follow what you want and who you want on Instagram. So I think even our personal ones, obviously you've got the bearded growers one, which we both and Chris, the three of us, post a lot on. But on our personal pages we're also finding it's just, you know, plant people and allotment people and garden people because what we love 
Yeah, used to be fishing people, used to be dog show people. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, sort of bounced from one thing to another. But the gardening's kind of always been there as a constant. Yeah. And, and now we're planning things around the garden. So, you know, next weekend we've got Gardens World Life. So. Oh, we went, we went there in 2018. Um, well, maybe, maybe go next year, but oh, it was brilliant. Oh, you'll have a great time. Um, we when we went it was Mo- Monty was speaking um, and he's one of my favourite gardeners my husband was giving me any trouble <laughs> saying that I should have said uh, the Scottish gardeners when I was on the radio I was like well I'm just telling the truth I just like Monty um, and it was brilliant it, it was really good we loved it um, so yeah you'll enjoy it and I think you know it's great just to hear even more people speaking out about mental health I think even celebrities, even normal people, you see it more on the TV and stuff that people are talking about their their struggles with mental health, which is great because I think it's going to break down the stigma of like people being able to say to people, um, like I'm struggling, and I think I do think there's still a long way to go, but um, I definitely yeah, think yeah. that gardening there. There is. There is I was trying to do sort of mindfulness podcasts and, and reading, but I've got to be honest, my anxiety was at such a point when I was trying to do that, I was just looking at the page and taking nothing in. It just, it was a blur to me. I was struggling to sleep. Um, I wasn't struggling to eat, <laughs> but I was struggling to sleep and I wasn't taking care of personal appearance as well. I was letting my... I liked to have my head shaved and I was leaving it to grow and I wasn't trimming my beard up and I, I just looked a bit if you look at if you look you feel you look terrible, you're gonna start to feel terrible. So it was taking a little bit of personal care and you know, buying some new clothes, just you know, making myself feel a little bit better. But it evidently it came down to the fact that I have ended up with it was a nine 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 call. It was, yeah, um, ago, and not so long ago, actually. No, it wasn't long ago. It was... Five months? March, was yeah. it? Um, I basically had a massive anxiety attack, to the point where I thought, pain in my chest, I was having a heart attack. Wow. I was, I was doubled over when I, I, you know, I was, I was, I was fearful that I was actually dying. I was having a heart attack. And I was sort of hyperventilates. I was basically having a panic attack all at the same time. And to be fair, those paramedics that came through the door, they, they were awesome. They, they told me down. Yeah. The I one guy took me in the garden <laughs> and said, because they, they identified it straight away. They're like, you're not having a heart attack. You're having an anxiety attack. And they talked me down, didn't they? They, they calmed me down. And I was like, well, what do you like to do? And I said, I like to do my garden. I've been doing my garden to keep it busy. Paramedic took me walking around my garden for 10 minutes. And the guy was in awe of what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm in awe of what you do. You shouldn't be in awe of me doing a garden. It's nothing. He's like, no, this is what you need to do. You need to focus on what is making you feel better. And what is making you feel better was, was getting out there doing, doing that bit in the garden. But yeah, it all came from that. So the next day I, I got straight onto the GP. Um, and I've got no, no fear in admitting that, you know, I've been prescribed medication. I'm not great at t- t- taking it because I'm terrible at forgetting to take one in the morning. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm sort of, I'd say I'm 7 out of 10. But I, I need to learn how to do it properly. But it has made me feel better. I've got the sparkle back in my eye and I feel like I've got that 
spark again as a, as a person, which, which I was missing, wasn't I? Yeah. I couldn't relax. I couldn't just sit there and relax. I had to be doing something. You weren't you, weren't you? I needed to stop this constantly going over. You know, head was constantly spinning. But now I can sit there and I can chill out. Last week's been a bit, bit tricky. You've been a bit down. I've been a bit up and down this week. Um, I think half the problem with mental health and why there's such a stigma is people who don't understand it they shy away from you. I mean, we've experienced it, haven't we? We yeah. sort of our friends have stepped back as soon as they sort of realised or not realised well, the extent. I was honest. I was honest with all of my friends and all of my yeah. family and said, look. Got anxiety, I've got depression, I'm on medication, I'm gonna be better, I'm gonna be, be myself again. But this is why I've been a bit like. This is why I've been a bit withdrawn, this is yeah. why I'm not wanting to see but people. But it's still not understood. And unfortunately, there are people within our circle of friends who've taken a step back because they're scared, they don't know what to say. And, and that's unfortunate, and that's where I think more development could be made within mental health. People who've got mental health getting help, that's one thing. People around in that support bubble knowing how to not not help, just be there. That's all it is. They don't need to help, they just need to be there. Sometimes you need a little, you need a shoulder, you need someone to unload on. And I couldn't keep unloading on to Jess because she's my wife and I don't want to put her in a position where she feels like she has to be there constantly for me because I've got, you know, mental suffering with his depression and anxiety I'll admit because there isn't that much I mean I didn't realise that what that was what he was suffering from until like I started to notice things and notice wee things that were happening and start to research it myself because you don't really get a lot I mean we don't really get a lot of support for the NHS it's just kind of they direct you to go and get counselling and there's no kind of a lot of stuff out there like to help like people who are supporting um, their friends and family and I have had negativity myself and like friends and like workplace where and where people have stepped back for me or like you're saying made comments of like oh just tell me man up or and I'm you know I'm like you don't understand like and I think you know until you suffer from like a mental health illness or someone you care from for has a mental health illness I don't think you actually understand I think people just think oh that's just something over there that I don't have to deal with and I think now even like because obviously 
my husband has depression. When I go into work now, I can pick up in symptoms like of people and I'm like, oh they're not they're not okay. Let's go and like I think they need a wee bit of support. Whereas other people are like, how how do you know that? And I'm like, because I'm tuned in to like my husband and I know when he's he's you know, going up and down and I can see this what's happening, whereas maybe other people are just going, oh, they're just moody the day and I'm like, hmm <laughs> But yeah, I definitely think there needs to be more of like more information and, and I think that I did hear that they were talking about putting gardening as um like to help with mental health. Yeah, you Because the thing is, the thing that I thought was amazing, I mean, I like mud, right? I've always played in mud as a child and I just love mud, like mud kitchens in the nursery. And like, I looked into it and it was like, Monty Dawn was talking about like the, how the there's bacteria in the mud that's actually, you know, an antidepressant without actually taking uh-huh. tablets. So the more you get your hands in the mud, so... I mean, apart from, apart from like, stinging nettles, like, yeah, but, or stuff that, you know, things that have got thorns, but I, I, I don't like wearing gloves, so I'll, I've got them, but like, I end up taking them off. Um, and I'm just like, I'll just, it's better without them. But I think it's amazing that like nature can just, it's something so natural that can just, everybody can do. Well, I, you know, it's great. And I think that gardening's just amazing. And for me, it's even changed me as a person. You know, I had low self-esteem and taking on the allotment and meeting new people and, you know, designing stuff. It's really just brought like a community to me because people have said to me as well, you know, about, the allotment oh you you've got a big garden and we have we're, we're quite lucky we've got a, quite a huge garden and they're like why don't you just garden in your own garden and I'm like but you don't get that that community that you get in your back garden you don't get to meet people of all ages and like people over on allotment 20 or whatever just to say hello to we've had that with us because ours is a massive yeah. it's not very wide but it's a really long garden and we've done a lot to it and we kept constantly get, kept getting told Maybe you're doing a bit too much. Why don't you just bring it back a little bit? Why don't you just scale it down? And or calm down, calm down, down. do things a bit slower. Smashing it. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Because, you know, half the time, if you've got time to think about your problems, that's when you sort of become a bit, they become a bit worse. Yeah. If you're just, you know, carrying your attention into your hobby that you love, yourself feel then, yeah, it's, um, work was a major, a major trigger point for me as well. And unfortunately, I didn't get the support in my previous employment. Um, I was off for a while um, after after I had the the anxiety attack. Um, I got furloughed again. That was great. Whilst I'm sick, whilst sick. Whilst off, with, you know, having a bit of time just to sort myself out. So that was like, cheers for that. Makes me feel great. And I went back in the office and got ignored by half of the members of staff because they thought I was I was having I was uh, pulling the leg. Yeah, and, and and people who've known me know that that ain't me. <laughs> you know. I, I, I wouldn't let this up. I know. I just don't... this is unfair on everybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Why would I put my family through this? Why would I put Jess through this? You know, why would I why would I make up the fact that I'm not well? <laughs> and people still think that I'm genuinely, you know. Yeah. Oh, God, he's, you know, he or she says she's got depression. She's just lazy. Yeah, she's or lazy. Or... This, that, or the other. I've got trigger points, so I can see it. So, first off, I start with, I get dry skin under my eyes. I don't know why. It's the first thing. 
They're getting dry skin behind my ears, which is a bit weird. It's quite dermatitis, but spot on my stress. Grind. I grind my teeth, so I'm a jaw, I get pains in my jaw. She likes sleeping next to a horse. Yeah. It's that bad. <laughs>
not life-threatening thing, but it is. Because look at look at the suicide rates. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I've never had those thoughts. I've not, never come close to those thoughts. But those that do, and then they follow it through, you must be in a really, really dark place to do that. Because, and not necessarily for yourself, because I think when you are in, in the depths of, of depression and, 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 and supermanic depression, you're not thinking about yourself and the hurt you're going to do to yourself. You're only thinking about the hurt you're going to do to others. Or that you think you're causing them already. Or that you think you're causing them already. And then to take that step, you are then going to cause them that pain tenfold by what you've done. So it is a killer. Depression and, and mental health issues, they are, it is a killer. And this is where we've got to, we've got to all be brought. I said on the show when you came on, my phone is on, my Instagram messages aren't blocked to anybody. People are free to get in touch with me and, and have a chat. If they're close enough, they're local enough, I'm quite happy going to have a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's not a problem. Um, because someone did this for me. That first time that I realised that I was in a bad way, which was about 12 months ago, was uh, more than that, it was about, about 18 months ago, I put a message out there saying that, you know, I've been diagnosed with, with mild anxiety, mild depression, and I was feeling a bit low. And someone I hadn't spoken to for absolute years phoned me via Facebook uh, Messenger, called me up completely out of the blue, and he talked to me for an hour and told me that he'd had the same struggles and he was always there and we had a really great chat and I felt felt decent actually afterwards having that conversation and almost unloading on the guy <laughs> but we helped each other we both had that conversation together and talking is a great great therapy you know it's, it, sometimes it'll take a bit of time to drag it out of people but they'll open up eventually it, it will work but just or, or, you know beg people just don't walk away from people just stick by them even if it's a text once a week once a fortnight how's everything going it, it helps you know when that ping comes on your phone someone else cares it's brilliant <laughs> the more people we can get to care the better that's be my opinion yeah definitely I mean I think that's the thing I think people might be you know like you're saying, scared to talk to someone or someone's someone whose partner's got anxiety and depression because they don't know what to say. But actually, if they just said, like you're saying, "How are you? Is there anything I can do to help?" You know, that's just yeah, there's, no, see, there's no magic words. Yeah, it's just a case of having a conversation. You know, you know, like people have got to have a degree in psychology to talk to someone who's got depression and mental health issues. You have a general normal conversation. You ain't even got to talk about the depression and the mental health problems. It's just about having no, conversations. No, I just... I, like, I, I think also for people to, to realise that there are times when that person, or even their spouse, because I've done it myself, they're going to say no, because, you know, for me, if I was invited out or invited for a drink, I'd say no, because I'd be worried about leaving mm -hmm. John on his own. Not because I thought he'd do anything or anything like that, but because I knew how he was feeling and I didn't want him to be sat in the living room on his own just overthinking things. I wanted to be here, you know, doing things with him, even just watching the telly, just chatting to him, just trying to keep his mind occupied. So I think people need to realise that 
you know, people reaching out to help you, that is fantastic, and that's what, what we want to encourage, but also accept that they are going to say no, you know, on more than one occasion, but don't stop asking. Um, because yeah, we're not being rude, we're, we're not, just getting a bit sad Exactly that, yeah, <laughs> or we, you know, we're just, we're doing, you know, we're, we're trying to work things out, um, yeah. or it's just, you know, a bad week or a bad day, and... Yeah. It, yeah. It's still happen and it's identifying that, leaving it as a bad day, and just parking it as a bad day, and then move on and have a better day. Yeah. I've gone from sort of four, three or four years ago, generally being the life and soul of the party, being the cheeky, loud, over the top, obnoxious, obnoxious. <laughs> Joking. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I can be, and, and sometimes you know, going too far with a joke or whatever. I've gone from being that person that's always surrounded by people and was always trying to make people laugh to being someone who very rarely sees somebody and rarely sees anybody else other than people at work and, and obviously Jess and, and my family. That was that was really hard for me to take. And, I, and then on the flip side of that, I went from somebody who was always laughing and always laughing at people who were laughing at me because it was great. Best thing for me was making somebody else laugh because I like to entertain people. But when the laughter stopped, I stopped laughing and I started crying. And most nights, I'd be crying. And I'd just start crying. And like, what are you crying for? And I don't know. Because I was, I, was, I was sad. I was generally very sad, very depressed. And I've not had it, thankfully, a, a, a day and a day where I've got that bad for quite a while now. It's been a good few months since since, been, I, since, since I've been, since you've been on medication, which you it know, is. is a good content. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm only here with that because you know, if anybody asks, yeah, it's me, me loopy meds. Well, no, it ain't me loopy meds at all, because <laughs> they do nothing to me apart from the fact that they just calm in that balance down oh definitely I think even making that joke because my husband's quite like that as well like he makes a joke about it and he'll he'll say you know in Scotland we see mental so he's like my mental tablets but it's not that he's saying anything he's just making a joke to like you know oh I'm taking my mental tablets you know I forgot to take my Yampi tablets and I'm like what tablets are you on and I'm like it's the first time I told anybody at my new place today and I'm like, I'm on tablets for anxiety and depression, and they literally, their jaws hit the floor. I went, you yeah. got anxiety and depression? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it can get everybody. Because mm-hmm. I've gone into, into work with a new attitude, and I'm starting to feel better, so I've started a new job. And, and they're nicer people. And they're nicer people, <laughs> and I'm in a better place, so I'm smiling and happy. And they were absolutely shocked today that I'm on medication for anxiety. <laughs> they couldn't believe it, and I'm like, it affects everybody. Definitely, and, and I... As soon as it came out, as soon as I said that, the story started to happen. Oh, my friend's got on this because she's doing this. My friend's doing this because she... And it's so commonplace. Mm-hmm. But people are still shocked by it. It is. I think now that it's been more common, like, people are actually coming out and saying it. And, like, I started a new job, like, well, like, three years now, ago now. But... In my other workplace, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really talk about it because I had bad experiences with people I don't want to. Whereas when I started my new nursery, I just kind of was like, "This is, you know, this is me." That you know, my husband has anxiety and depression, and you know, sometimes I might come in and I might look like stressed, I might look tired, and you know, I'm going to say, "Look, it's, we're not having a good week," you know, and I'm I'm going to be open about that because 
you know, this is me and my husband, and, and I'm not going to shy away from telling you that, um, you know, he that he does have mental health issues because it's better to just like talk. Because then, if you are struggling, you can go and and have the people to open up to and say, "Fuck, I'm not doing well today." You know, I'm worrying. Like you're saying, like you're you're worrying about your husband. I'd be worrying about my husband if he was having a bad time. I would be at work and I'd be saying, "I'm dead worried. I want to just go home and make sure he's alright." And it's just that it's that anxiety and worry that you have about them, and you just you just want to be home and just like cuddle them and protect them and make exactly. make them all right. Somebody with anxiety, but I say, and depression, it is, it is horrible because you always remember the person that you were before and that person I was before was the sponge, right? You know, we've had a lot of, lot of issues. Yeah, we've had a, um, a rough 10 years. With fertility. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've always been the one who's gone, if it happens, it happens, it'll be a bonus. It was always me you know? relying on you. It was always me that was sort of, Having, obviously, you know. In that sad, dark with, place. Yeah. And I, and I was the one who was sort of, you know, being the man and was there for Jess. And I don't know why, but that whenever that just changed in my head, you're now there for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas you don't seem to need me anymore. But I know oh, you do. I do. I know you do. But I'm so grateful that you're there for me. Because without right. you, I'd, without you, I'd be in a worse place than I am than I am now and than I was before. But Nikki will tell you the same. You're still the same person, mm-hmm. and you still see your husband when you look at them. You don't see, you know, a sad husband. What well, you do, obviously, but you don't see, you know, the husband with depression or the husband with anxiety. You just see your husband, and that, you know, that's when your vows really come to life, isn't it? And you know, I, I wouldn't change you for the world, regardless of. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's recorded as well. Yes, it's recorded. It's recorded. <laughs> I've got that on tape now and on um, on my podcast. <laughs> you can cut that bit, Nikki. <laughs> well, it's been, do you know what? It's been amazing you coming on and speaking about your story and just telling you, you know, I think it's amazing, like, I think even just asking the question, um, two people and I think sometimes people are a, a bit kind of they don't they maybe want the answer but they don't they just kind of they'll comment a wee bit on my posts but you know for you to come on and like contact me and and like be on your radio station and just put that out there I think it's great um yeah, it, to just make awareness one of the first things that I wanted to do with the show was to, was to turn it and get a mental health special going for it and it will be a recurring theme yeah. well across the show. Because since that show, we've had so many others. Obviously, we put you in contact with um, somebody Catherine. the other day, yeah, and um, a man the other day. Yeah. He's got the balcony on in Manchester. Yeah, and that's how, right. You know, that's helped his mental health. Wherever guest we have on every single Mentions week, mental health. always comes back to mental health. And it's just there's a it does. between allotmenting, gardening. You know, I've, commit, I've got into houseplants now, so any sort of, you know, plant or gardening, anything like that, it's got a correlation with people's mental health and people seem to start gardening or, you know, take up the hobby because, you know, they've heard it will help. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is about the houseplants is you've, you've always had a couple. Yeah. But you've never been that both
can see them. I'm admiring them. It's a gardener. I like the, the plants that I, you know, that's just what you do. <laughs> you end up thinking when you go places like Morrison's and people aren't looking after the plants. I say to my husband, the plants are dying. He's like, that's not your job. And I'm like, I know, but the plants are dying. It's stressing me out. <laughs> He's like, you don't work here. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant watching Jess look after these plants. Because it's anywhere I'm doing, but I do it outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I, well, I've got some geraniums. I like them. I've got a couple of them in my conservatory. Yeah. So I really wanted to try them. So I've been okay. One of the succulents didn't... I don't know if it was just itself. I think... I even bought that thing. <laughs> oh, I like I like the leaves. They're like love hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nutching. It's got a that... It's quite weird. It is, a, it is weird. They all like, all like weird plants, whereas Jess is like, no, you're not having that one with big spines on it. <laughs> yeah. Poisonous <laughs> you, you sound quite like my husband. I'm like, nah, we'll have that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, the plants on the outside are just as important, well, so the plants on the inside of your house yeah. are just as important as on the outside because obviously you're spending a lot of time in your house as well, you know, and gardening is still a part of that. And yeah. That's, that's another thing. I think the people generally working from home. I mean, I struggled myself last year, and I had to sort of beg my employer to let me in one day a week, sort of when restrictions lifted slightly, um, just because I needed that interaction. And I think so many people have had that same issue. But it, it is sort of interesting to see, especially you know via Instagram, that so many people have started. Um, getting interested in houseplants because they felt lonely at home or they just they're fed up working from home and um, because it's having an effect on them so it's just it's full circle you know and all plants obviously with the uh, co2 that they emit and, and all of that jazz um, it's good for you generally it's good for your body as well as your mind definitely is well i'm running out of time on my zoom chat i never no it's been great actually i never thought we would be talking for nearly 45 minutes but here you go the new friends but listen we'll definitely need to do it again because this has been fantastic um and i think i'm just want to thank you for coming on and i'm going to let you go Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. That's the end of the show. A big thank you to Jess and JJ for coming on and sharing their story with us all. Next week, we have the cloudy gardener who gardens in a balcony and he's going to share his experiences of gardening and talk to us about mental health. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Bye.